Do you even need a sleep video to help you with your sleep? Let's not waste any more of your precious YouTube minute time and let's figure this out first before we go any further. If you wake up every day feeling energized and you don't really need an alarm clock and you're pretty much good to go all day energy level wise, you don't really need caffeine and you're able to fall asleep, stay asleep all night, you don't need a sleep video. But if you wake up and you need an alarm clock and you're not that energized throughout the day and you're feeling always kind of tired and sluggish and then you have a hard time falling asleep at night and you're tossing and turning at night, let's help you out. Okay, my name's Tom. I'm a sleep coach and let's fix your degenerate sleep schedule. Welcome to the Tomination Time podcast. I normally stream diet and fitness on Twitch with my waifu Helen. These podcasts will be edited portions of the stream. We'll go over diet, fitness, motivation, ergonomics, and more. Don't forget to follow us on twitch.tv slash time and leave your notifications on for when we go live. First things first, let's rule out a few big picture items to make sure this is not your issue with sleep. So get a sleep study, ask your doctor about it to make sure you don't have restless leg syndrome or something like sleep apnea. That stuff can rob you of energy from your sleep. Um, So for example, if you are snoring a lot or someone tells you you snore a lot, then you might have sleep apnea. So you might need some uh, medical intervention to help with that. So get that ruled out first. Talk to your doctor about that. The second thing to pay attention to is mental stress. If you have crippling mental stress right now because like let's say you are going through a divorce and you're about to lose custody of your kids and you just lost your job and you uh, just got into a car accident and so forth first of all write a song because you got to capitalize on that tragedy but second of all understand that your life is going to be in a very bad spot it's going to take some time your sleep is just going to suck because if mental stress is um, is really bad it's going to impact your ability to sleep to fall asleep and stay asleep right? So uh, check out some mental health resources, get some therapy, process, grieve, whatever it takes, but just you got to uh, process all of that negative mental stress first, and then we can make your sleep better. Because if you have all that stuff lingering, it's like having a broken leg and trying to optimize your squat. Like you got to fix the medical issue first before you can start really optimizing, cleaning everything up. But even with some mental stress, we can still make your life a little bit better and improve your sleep. So let's get to some of these tips. We're going to go over many different topics today, but probably the most important one is going to be light exposure. You want to get really bright daytime signals and really dark darkness signals at night. This is how we tell our brain when it's daytime and when it's nighttime. And when it's nighttime, we do nighttime things like go to sleep. So how we can do this is basically you got to be creative sometimes. And you also have to practice some good light exposure, uh, uh, sleep hygiene type mentalities so the first is when you first wake up get near a window go outside so like go out for a walk uh, brush your teeth near a window have your coffee outside any one of these things uh, is going to help generate that difference because the technical term is there is a part of our eye called the intrinsically photosensitive retinal ganglion cells which transmits information uh, in particular blue light to the suprachiasmatic nucleus the scn which is the master clock of the brain or in simpler terms our eyes detect if it's bright uh, bright during the day and it's going to tell our brain that it's daytime. So we do daytime things like get active and um, move about. So 
if you are curious about how bright it is in your uh, room or your environment, I suggest you get the app, the Lux Light Meter. It's a free app and you can use your cameras basically to get some sense of how bright or dark it is. And so to give you some numbers, because I'm a, I'm a numbers guy, the difference uh, for, between daytime and nighttime, or I should say uh, indoors and outdoors during the uh, typical modern life, we're going to see a couple hundred lux indoors, like 50 lux, 100, 200 lux uh, inside typical indoor lighting. And then outside, we are going to see 10,000 lux or 100,000 lux when it's daytime. Or during the nighttime, we'll see like one lux, 0.1 lux. So the point is, we should be seeing some big difference between daytime and nighttime. Now, uh, this goes through, through some tips for that. So we already talked about morning, try to get outside the best you can. Other stuff is like controlling your office or desk environment. So if you're a student or you are at your desk all day, like I am, this is uh, indoors, my garage, I don't have any windows in here. So what I do is I have a lot of bright flood lamps and, and floodlights behind my monitors illuminating the back wall and ceiling, which creates a nice bright indirect light. And then at night I turn that off. I try to get things dark if I have to work in here at night. Um, other stuff that you can do is you try to get things dark. Just again, really be creative to get things dark and uh, be able to function and get your stuff done at night. So for example, uh, when I brush my teeth, I will turn off the bathroom light. I'll instead turn on a um, closet light and close the door most of the way to keep things really dark. Um, at night in, in, in my uh, bedroom, I have some soft red lights, red LED lights that I stick behind my bed to just barely make the room visible. Obviously, you know, don't hurt yourself and trip over stuff. But again, be creative with making your environment dark at night and be creative with getting the daytime bright light exposure through getting outside more often, like eating your lunch outside or through um, using lights to make things brighter couple of caveats is uh, people might say something like, but Tom, I get headaches when things are too bright inside my room. Okay. If you have headaches, that could be because the brightness differential between your uh, ceiling light and your monitor is causing the problem. So if the monitor is really bright and the ceiling light is dark or vice versa, you have a really dark monitor and the light above you is really strong and shining in your eyes. Fix that by um, making them even in terms of brightness and also diffusing lights. You don't want strong, bright lights shining directly in your eyes. It is much uh, easier on your eyes and probably headaches to have indirect, soft, diffused light. So keep that in mind. The second caveat I want to talk about is the blue light. A lot of people ask me like, Tom, what about blue light? Isn't blue light bad for you and bad for blue light uh, melatonin suppression, blah, 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 blah. I read it in some Facebook science article. And yes, technically it is true. Blue light really isn't great, but I think blue light gets way, way too much attention when it's really brightness in general is a problem. We want darkness at night. Yes, blue light is probably the worst out of all the lights. And so eliminating blue light where you can is the best. But really the best is even better than that is going to be eliminating all the light that you possibly can. Because did you know that even red light can suppress melatonin? Yes, yes, it can. It doesn't get talked about often, but check it out here. We have a study here, high intensity red light suppresses melatonin. And what they found is that in normal healthy humans, um, they expose them to different wavelengths of light, basically blue and red, and the red light also suppressed melatonin. And so this is a reasonable study and it showed that bright red light can also suppress melatonin. The point is 
reducing bright light everywhere is going to be one of the keys that you need to focus on. Get things dark before bed. How soon? Eh, 30 minutes to an hour or two, whatever you can uh, tolerate. Ideally, right when the sun goes down, we should also be making our environment dark. That's not always practical, but try to give yourself, um, let's say at least 30 minutes before bed to get things dark. The next topic that we're gonna talk about is stimulation. Before bed, you want to avoid anything that's gonna be stimulating, especially uh, emotionally stimulating, revving up your brain. So think about the possible, uh, the worst possible combination they could possibly do. Before bed, you are playing an adrenaline pumping game of Apex Legends or Fortnite, and you're socializing your friends, and then you start messaging people on a dating app, wondering like, are they gonna message me back? Did I say something stupid? Followed by doom scrolling on Twitter and driving up your anxiety. So all of those are bad for many reasons, so you right before bed, they're going to stimulate your brain in all kinds of ways. Get those activities uh, placed much earlier in the day, as early as you can. And then prior to bed, have some sort of bedtime routine where you're winding down like half an hour to a couple hours before bed, doing boring, non-stimulating activities. Things such as um, instead of playing Apex Legends, you play Minecraft instead. Instead of playing uh, instead of reading something exciting like a fiction novel, read something really boring like um, a textbook or brush up some skills on your uh, trade or your job, whatever it is. Um, I personally have a bunch of boring scientific articles that I have on my phone. I dim my phone to the dimmest setting. And on top of that, I use an app called Screen Filter, which makes it super, super dark. My phone is actually on right now, but you can barely tell because it's bright in here. But the point is, I want to make my screen barely visible because, again, we want darkness at night. But um, trust me, it's it's so dim that it's producing like not even one lux or so. So it is going to be super dark because, again, it's very important to get that brightness during the day. And really think of just any activity they can do that is non-stimulating. So don't watch the news or like Game of Thrones at night. Go watch something very boring. Find boring alternatives to whatever you can do at night. I'm not going to be um, insane and ask something crazy like you should never turn on the screen or use any electricity or devices at night because of Facebook science says this one thing that you should avoid. I'm not going to do that because I know we are humans in the modern life. We're going to be using our devices. The point is choose something boring that's not going to be stimulating um, and thinking about your anxiety or, or interacting with other humans. None of that stuff. Okay. Now let's talk about insomnia. Like you're trying to actually fall asleep and you're having a hard time falling asleep. Fun tidbit. For most females, insomnia will hit them as they hit, get, they get ruminating thoughts trying to lay in bed, and then they will uh, have a hard time falling asleep. But once they fall asleep, they're out for the rest of the night. Whereas for men, insomnia uh, usually hits us, again, in the form of mental stress. Um, it's going to hit us by, we can fall asleep just fine, but we'll start waking up at like 4 a.m., 5 a.m., 6 a.m., and can't fall back asleep. It's just ruminating thoughts about whatever it is going on in our life. So again, if you're dealing with mental stress, get some help, uh, go seek out some uh, some therapy or mental health resources. I'm a huge fan of Dr. K and their coaching program, so go check them out. I'll put some links down below. Um, but if you're dealing with insomnia like that, get your mind to focus on something that is um, interesting enough to keep your attention, but non-stimulating and very boring and um, not really just, you don't want to be kicking up emotions inside your body. So think about something like pick a random number between 200 and 1,000, start counting down by twos or threes or fours, something like that. It is interesting enough to keep your attention because you have to focus on it, but it's not going to stir up any emotions, at least um, hopefully it's not going to stir up any emotions for you. 
Now, you can do other stuff like reverse the steps in the day of everything you did. So, for example, um, you know, right before bed, you brush your teeth. Right before that, you shower. Right before that, you clean the kitchen. Right before that, you uh, you made your dinner and so forth. So, like, go step by step of everything. Uh, but, again, if this drives up your emotions because you said that one done thing to that one person and they're going to remember it forever, don't think about that. So, again, we're trying to be smart about the non-stimulating thoughts that we have before bed. So, some people like to do podcasts or, or listen to videos or whatever. That's fine if it works for you. Um, I find that stuff to be too stimulating because I have to focus my attention on it. Instead, I like to think about the, uh, again, the boring stuff. Like, try to, um, you know, with your eyes closed and you're laying down in bed, try to recreate your entire room, every detail, every object in your room and use that to uh, be the focus of your mind or every object in your house or apartment. Again, this is the theme. We're trying to think about something that's going to keep our mind busy. Um, one of my favorite things that I do when I am trying to uh, lay there and fall asleep is I will think about something I know a lot of facts about and just start reciting all the facts. Um, so think about uh, a video game, perhaps, that you like, like Pokemon. If you if you love Pokemon, you know, every single Pokemon, start listing every single Pokemon. Go by, like, let's say all of the fire type Pokemon or all the grass type. Name every single one, all their evolutions, and then move on to the next category. For me, I like StarCraft. I used to play this as a kid. I know all the units. So I'll go through each of the three races. And I'll start naming every single unit. What are their abilities and the tech tree that for for every race is so forth. Um, it is interesting enough to keep my attention, but it does not stimulate any kind of emotions. Now let's talk about temperature. In modern society today, most of us have access to temperature controlling of our uh, environment. So basically, we have heaters or we have um, AC. So we kind of keep things at that nice, perfect 70 degrees or so, whereas our ancestors didn't have that. During the day, they would feel the temperature getting warmer, and at night, they would feel it getting cooler. So this difference is something important that's kind of unfortunately uh, lost on us. But if it's practical at all, do try to get your environment warmer or hotter during the day. So this could be going out for a midday jog, for example, or uh, allowing yourself to get a little bit warm or hot and at night trying to get the room cooler. So speaking of that, for the bedroom temperature, it is far better to try to sleep in a room that is too cold than trying to fall asleep in a room that is too hot. If it is too hot, it is going to be very difficult to fall asleep. And the reason why is when we are trying to sleep, our body's core uh, is going to drop its temperature. It needs to drop its temperature. And one of the ways that we do that is we are shunting our heat to our radiator parts. What are our radiator parts? Our radiator parts are going to be our hands and our feet and our head. So in order to do this, we need to have um, basically warm hands and feet, or at least don't let your hands and feet feel cold, because if your hands and feet feel cold, then you're going to get vasoconstriction or basically the blood flow. It won't flow as well to your hands and feet because you know how it is like in the winter, your hands feel kind of like cold and clammy and there's not good blood flow circulation. So you want to uh, make sure your hands and feet don't feel cold. So if it's in the wintertime, maybe wear socks or slippers. If it's, if it's in the summertime, um, you probably don't need that because the ambient temperature is going to be warm enough that your hands and feet will feel warm without it. And um, this is also where you have may, may have heard the tip of taking a warm shower before bed. This is because if you take a warm shower uh, sometime before bed, like, I don't know, half an hour to two hours before bed, it is going to help um, basically the little uh, va vasodilate up to your radiator parts, your hands and your feet. And so your core temperature can then um, send out the blood to kind of cool down because, again, prior to bed, you prior to falling asleep, you need to experience that um, drop in core body temperature. So there are some great studies I'm going to show. I'll drop some links down below 
um, great studies that showed uh, pre-industrial societies and how they slept. And so it goes over these concepts about basically how things varied for their um, uh, the day-night cycle of temperature and the brightness that they saw. These are fantastic reads. I strongly recommend reading these before bed because it's boring, like we talked about before. And it might educate yourself about how some of these things worked for um, pre-industrial societies. Very, very fascinating if you ask me. Now let's tie it all together with your circadian rhythm, which is basically your body's 24-hour clock. So what we want to do is do the same stuff on a consistent schedule for all the things that we talked about. Stuff like waking up around the same time, going to sleep around the same time, light exposure, getting the brightness during the day, darkness at night, the activity exposure where you're doing stimulating stuff during the day, boring, non-stimulating stuff at night, the temperature exposure, we're being exposed to warmer temperatures during the day, being exposed to cooler temperatures at night, your physical activity, your meals, uh, all that stuff, try to time it at the same time. So whether you are um, working out in the morning or the afternoon, just be consistent with it. Whether you're eating five meals a day or one meal a day, just be consistent with the timing. All of these things will start to stack together to anchor the circadian rhythm so that during the day, your brain knows it's time to be awake and alert. And at night, it is time for you to kind of relax, wind down and fall asleep. Now I want to show a few different modern inventions that can help you fall asleep and stay asleep. So uh, going along the same dimension, as we talked about before with light exposure, you want to get things bright during the day, dark at night, right? So obviously getting all the lights out of your room and getting your room as dark as possible would be the best. Sometimes that's not practical. Uh, a night mask can be very helpful. So I sleep with a night mask personally because I like to leave the window open to uh, get a breeze. And I like to leave the curtains open to let the room get really bright in the morning when I wake up. So when I wake up in the morning, it's dark until I pull off the mask. And then when I pull it off, it gets super bright and it helps get me out of bed. If you uh, are looking to cut down on blue light a little bit, because again, the most important thing is to get blue light and brightness during the day. Uh, try to cut out the blue light, but also really cut it, get things dark at night. Um, you can help with the blue light a little bit by using some blue light blockers. You don't need fancy ones. These are like 10 bucks. I have found these to be incredibly strong at cutting out blue light. And uh, again, I do not recommend blue light blockers during the day. Finally, we have some earplugs. I am sensitive to noise, so I like to use earplugs at night. You could also use a uh, noise machine, or if you have a, a fan that's loud, that can function as your noise machine. So for temperature, I also like to use an electric fan. Some, some people can use AC, but I like to have a fan off to make sure, basically, you don't want to be too hot or too cold. You want to find the right temperature, opt to be maybe on the cooler side as you're going to bed. So my wife, she gets uh, really cold, so she has all the blankets. I have like a thin sheet when I sleep, and I also have a small light fan blowing on my lower half of my body, my legs. So a little sleep tip here is I try to keep my core a little bit warmer and my legs and my lower body a little bit cooler. And so I do this through tricks like I will... Um, put a little extra layer, a thin layer on my uh, chest and leave my legs a little bit more exposed with a thin sheet. And I do that because if I'm cold, then I'm going to bundle up in, naturally while still sleeping in the fetal position under the blankets. And then if I get too hot, I will kind of like uh, open up and my legs will 
uh, lengthen and kind of get exposed to the thin sheet and or fan that might be blowing on it, I'll naturally cool off and kind of find that right balance. At the end of the day, these are the knobs and variables to play with. Basically, for the temperature, don't get too hot, don't get too cold, the light exposure stuff, um, noise stimulation. All of these are just the things to think about in order to get the best sleep of your life. And now I want to challenge you all to a 30-day sleep challenge to pay off your sleep debt. If you are carrying sleep debt, it can mask good quality sleep by making you still feel uh, basically tired. So there were some great sleep debt studies done by someone named William Dement. I will drop some links down below for some of his studies done back in like the 60s and 70s where they showed it can take weeks to pay off sleep debt where people start sleeping 10 to 12 hours a day and they eventually taper down to just seven to nine hours per night. So here's how you should do the challenge. For 30 days, gorge on sleep. That includes uh, taking naps. So if you want to take a nap, that's fine, as long as it does not impact your uh, nighttime sleep. And essentially, put all non-essential stuff on the back burner, deprioritize that stuff, only take care of the essentials you need to get done in the day, and apply all of these tips to get the best sleep of your life and to sleep as much as you possibly can. And what you should expect is, in the first week or two, you are going to be uh, sleeping 10 to 12 hours a night, possibly still feeling tired. That's okay. That's normal. As the weeks go on, as you get closer and closer to uh, day 30, you are going to be feeling more and more rested and needing less and less sleep as you slowly taper down to about seven to nine hours of sleep. So the goal is you should be feeling rested when you wake up. When you wake up in the morning, you should feel energized, ready to go. Pretty much all day, you are not feeling tired with the two exceptions of right before bed, you should be getting tired because that's when we naturally get tired. And the second exception being uh, early afternoon, post-lunch. That's a very normal time for a lot of humans to feel that that post-lunch uh, uh, drop in energy, kind of needing the siesta. The siesta is a thing for a reason for many cultures. So those are two exceptions. Other than that, after the 30-day sleep challenge, you should be feeling pretty energized, uh, brain fog gone. That is one of the few things that helped me with my brain fog was getting more and more sleep and gorging on sleep. 30-day sleep challenge. Let's do it. I hope that video was helpful for you. Also, we stream on Twitch. We do diet and fitness streaming, helping people lose weight, gain weight, whatever it is. We also do some gaming with my wife, Helen. Lots of memes, lots of production value. So it's always a lot of laughs. So come by, check out our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash time. And I hope to see you all in the next stream. If this podcast earned it, please consider leaving a review on iTunes. We're new to the podcast space and we will be reading all the feedback. Also, if you like the content, follow us on twitch.tv slash time and keep notifications on for when we go live. Feed your brain, feed your body, and we'll see you next time.